0: Oh, it's so good to be back with you. There's such a sweet presence in this room. And so Father God, we thank you for meeting us here. We honor you for what you are going to do in our midst. And we just fix our eyes on you as we invite you into this space even more. In your name, Jesus, amen. Oh, I am just so elated to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite places in Las Vegas. And <laughs> your pastors are some of my favorite People, my goodness, they are those who see leaders who really speak to the need in them. And I have to tell you, it had been a hard summer. And Pastor Lindsay noticed that. And she reached out and she held my hand as I cried through a few difficult things this summer. And then she held my hand when the joy, when the Lord turned that lament into joy. And so I'm just so so incredibly grateful for what the Lord is doing here among each and every one of you. Today, we are going to be talking about the protection in Prayer, And I have a few prayer warriors who have joined me today. I know y'all are prayer warriors as well. But one of the things that I have to tell you that I absolutely love about prayer is that we don't always have to know the right thing to say. As you all know, King David wrote many of the psalms, and some of those psalms he wrote were called imprecatory psalms they were those God get them psalms God get them because they have wronged me and when you read them they take you aback you're like oh my gosh are we are we allowed to say that But one of the things that I love about that is that King David teaches us that we don't have to hide anything in the presence of the Lord. And it's in prayer that he protects us. It's in prayer that he changes the way that we think. It's in prayer that he redirects our attention. And I have needed that on more than one occasion. I have to tell you that I have loved this series. I've been able to catch quite a bit of it. And my goodness, the way Pastor Lindsay and Pastor Jeremy put that thing together at the end there, I was just in my space watching YouTube, clapping my hands like, you better. (laughs) Pastor Lindsay reminded us that sin only has power if we give it permission. And that was powerful because we're going to come back to that today. And then Pastor Jeremy reminded us that bitterness leads to death. But there is protection in prayer. Because if I'm going to be honest, I have been bitter Some of you know some of the trauma that I endured when I was an adolescent, some of the difficult things that I went through. And I won't repeat that here, but I will tell you that it changed the way my brain began to think as trauma does. And it took years, as it continues to, of really studying the word, of praying, and then getting into counseling for the Lord to reform and reshape my mind and throughout that time I discovered that there were a few things he wanted me to leave behind there was some bitterness that I had picked up and there was some sin that I was entertaining because I thought I was entitled to it if I'm gonna be quite honest and when the Lord checked me I was offended Now, we're not supposed to admit that we are offended when the Lord speaks a word to us, but I'm just going to tell you very honestly that I was offended. And I'm going to share a little story with you here at the beginning because we're going to go into the end of David's life. And sometimes, every now and then, when we read a story, we begin to question if it really is relevant to us. We begin to question that because we're not in charge of kingdoms. And we don't have a bunch of people who we're responsible to for their every need. And so every now and then it can feel a little elusive. However, I believe this last chapter of 2 Samuel has something powerful to teach us. So I ask you to stay with me for a moment. I went through some trauma when I was growing up. And I'm a dreamer, I'm a planner. And that was the one thing that I learned I could use to cope for that trauma. I would imagine all of the big things I would one day do when I made it out of that situation. I would imagine all of the people I would flex on. Let's just be honest. I would imagine the look on their faces when I came back to that little small town in southern Illinois with all of my money. (laughs) I would imagine what they would think about me and what they would say about me then. I came to Las Vegas and the Lord began to heal my heart. And I just went through uh, a series of difficult things that he brought me through as he transformed me from what I'd endured in my past. And I got married and then I started going to counseling. And by the time 2019 rolled around, I thought I was pretty healthy and I was very pleased with myself. So as I ran on the track at Nellis Air Force Base that day, I had another thought. This time I was excited about what I was going to be able to do for the Lord. And this time I was excited about all of the people whom he would move through and heal just as he'd done me. But I have to tell you that the Lord stopped me on that track. And although I've never heard his voice audibly, I knew it was him because he said, It's time for you to get over that. (laughs) I was offended, y'all. I was offended because it's true. I was thinking about one or two people I might impress when they heard others calling my name. One or two people I might impress when they saw my name on that space. One or two people. I didn't realize that all of that pride and all of that bitterness that I developed in my adolescence had followed me and that it was preventing my prayers from entering into the presence of God because that is what pride does. It stunts our growth. It holds us back in the very thoughts of dragging a few people through the mud Caused me to drag my prayers through the mud. I tell you this to share with you what pride has done in my life, but let me tell you that I was offended because that idea that I would one day impress a few people, that idea that I would one day win some respect, that idea that I would one day be accepted was the only thing that had kept me, or so I thought, throughout all of that trauma that he allowed. I was upset. This is how I have coped for years. What do you mean it's time for me to get over this? You have seen what has been done to me. You have seen the injustices. You have seen the hard things I have walked through. So excuse me if I take a moment to begin to think about how people will one day finally accept me. The Holy Spirit is sweet and the Holy Spirit is kind. And so he continued to speak to my heart in that space as I ran around that track. And he began to show me that there was so much more available. If only I would fix my eyes on him, that no one else really mattered, that he had been there all along, and that he would be with me, always ready to accept me and invite me into his presence. I share this story with you because rejection can lead to rebellion. And there are some cycles that we go through that we wonder, how am I still dealing with this? Why am I still going through this? I went through this when I was a young girl. I went through this when I was a young adult. How are we still here? And that is, to be quite honest, why I love First and Second Samuel. Because this man, King David, whom we learn is a man after God's own heart, went through cycles. And it was there that the Lord met him in every single one of them. And King David continued to learn the importance of repentance and renewal. Repentance and renewal. When we repent, when we apologize, the Lord renews our mind in him. And I hope that I never forget the beautiful cycle of repentance and renewal because it can break every other cycle that has ever been developed in your life. There is protection in prayer. I'm going to read a lengthy piece of scripture here from 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 18 through 25, because it is incredibly important, and it is a beautiful moment that I don't want us to miss. Gad came to David that day and said to him, go up and set up an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arana the Jebusite. David went up in obedience to Gad's command, just as the Lord had commanded. Arana looked down and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So he went out and paid homage to the king with his face to the ground. Arana said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? David replied, to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord. So the plague on the people may be halted. Arana said to David, my lord the king may take whatever he wants and offer it. Here are the oxen for a burnt offering and the threshing sledges and the ox yokes for the wood your majesty Arana gives everything here to the king then he said to the king may the lord your god accept you the king answered Arana no I insist on buying it from you for a price for I will not offer to the lord my god burnt offerings that cost me nothing David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 20 ounces of silver. He built an altar to the Lord there and offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then the Lord was receptive to prayer for the land, and the plague on Israel ended. King David is a man after God's own heart, a man who made mistakes, a man who knew how to repent. A man who knew that the Lord would renew his mind and continue to remain in relationship with him. And when we meet him at the beginning of Second chap- Samuel chapter 24, we find that the pride that he experienced has caught up with him yet again. I find that pride often comes from a place of pain. It's birthed in pain. And so if you notice anyone in your life who you just begin to think, why are they so prideful? I encourage you to begin to pray for that pain that they are attempting to overcome through what they show you in the exterior. And so King David is here again, and he demands that a census be taken. Now, the word does tell us that Israel had sinned against the Lord, and the Lord really moved against them. He stirred up David against them to host this census, but we know from Pastor Lindsay's teaching that there is no sin in our Lord and he cannot sin. Instead, he gives us opportunities, opportunities to follow his will or follow our way. And so, like all of us, King David had the opportunity to follow the Lord's will and resist this census, but... He was dealing with some pride and so he chose to host it. Joab, his commander, asked him, Why is this important? Why are you doing this? And he had no response. In verse 10, we learn that he finally realized he'd done it out of his pride, that he had angered the Lord and that he needed to repent. And so, he Israel goes through a series of plagues that are really hard, um, and when he begins to pray, when he begins to repent for his own sin and how he led Israel into sin, Gad, the prophet, comes to him to tell him what to do. And that is where we get to our first point, because prayer renews perspective. It renews our perspective. You see, there are times where we can begin to believe our own hype. There are times where we begin to use those affirmations that caused us to get through a hard, difficult season to compliment ourselves more than we spend time praising our creator. There are times where we begin to feel as if other people should be grateful for our partnership. There are times where we get the big head. And what I love about prayer is that it protects us because it continues to renew our perspective. We have a full circle moment here in first second Samuel chapter 24 because Gad tells him to go to Arana the Jebusite's house. The Jebusite's were those who really had control of Jerusalem before King David came in and took over the stronghold in 2 Samuel chapter 5. We know that the Israelites occupied Israel, but they did not succeed in expelling everyone from the land. And so the Jebusites were some of those who remained when King David first took the stronghold as His palace. And here the Lord sends him back to a Jebusite's house as if to say, I gave you all of this. You would have none of this without me. The very reason you were able to conquer the Jebusites is because I was with you, is because I was fighting for you, is because I had gone and made a way before you. And so he brings David to Arana the Jebusite's house as a reminder of who. The God he serves is. And I just appreciate how prayer renews our perspective. I appreciate that because it reminds me that we serve the God of heaven's armies. It reminds me that we serve the God of peace. It reminds me that we serve the God, our provider. It reminds me that we serve the God who is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and without him, Without him, we would be nothing. Prayer renews our perspective. It reminds us who we are. And more importantly, it reminds us of whose we are because it takes the pressure off. You know, he never did any of that. He never had any success without the Lord. And he didn't have to worry about maintaining it independently of the Lord either It takes the pressure off. Prayer takes the pressure off of us. But it doesn't just renew our perspective. It reorganizes our priorities. You see, when he got to Arana's house, Arana asked him, okay, what can I do for you? What can I give to you? I will give all of this to you. And David demands to pay for it. Because he knows that as servants to the Lord, we sacrifice. And where there is no sacrifice, there is no submission. If he had taken everything that Arana had offered it would continue to feed his ego, it would continue to feed his entitlement, all that he thought he deserved, all that he thought belonged to him, but he recognized I have to sacrifice here because there is no submission where there is no sacrifice. I do not know what you feel the Lord leading you to submit, but I invite you to release it because everything that he has is better than anything you are holding on to. And that healing that he had for me in his presence when I got over all of those people that I was thinking about was better than trying to prove anyone wrong about me prayer reorganizes our priority and when he reorganizes David's priority, David submits, he surrenders because it was the Lord that had brought him through everything. It was the Lord who had been with him while he was a shepherd boy. It was the Lord who had helped him compose those early Psalms. It was the Lord who had taken him and given him victory over Goliath. It was the Lord who had given him access to the palace. It was the Lord that protected him from King Saul. It was the Lord that protected him protected him from the Philistines. It was the Lord who gave him the kingdom. It was the Lord who established the covenant with him. It was the Lord who restored him when he fell. It was the Lord. And prayer reorganizes our priorities. It takes our minds off of ourselves and everything that we have going on and everything that we feel is important. And it reminds us that he is our first priority. That when we seek first the kingdom of God, then everything else shall be added unto us. Where there is no sacrifice, there is no submission. Prayer renews perspective. Prayer reorganizes our priorities, and prayer releases praise. Mm. One of the things that I love about Second Samuel chapter 24 is that it doesn't actually end here. We have a big, beautiful Bible that is one continuous narrative of God's love and how He has moved throughout eternity on our behalf, and so it us here at the end of 1 Samuel 24 that the Lord was receptive to the prayer for the land and the plague on Israel ended. But what you may not know is that Psalm 30 was actually written here on Arana's threshing floor and it is a beautiful song. Especially when you begin to recognize everything that David went through, all that he endured throughout his life and what brought him to this threshing floor. He praises the Lord in this psalm. And, you know, just like there are times where we don't always want to pray, there are times where we don't always feel like praising the Lord, but our God in his goodness, in his kindness, in his mercy knows this. And so he gives us words to say. He gives us revelation in the word about how to praise him because our ability to communicate about how good God is is not contingent on how good we feel. It is always about him. It is always about how he has been with us. It is always about who he is. And so I just appreciate the words in the book of Psalm that remind us of that when we feel like it the least. Here at the end of Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12, David says, You turned my lament into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. hmm so that i can sing to you and not be silent lord my god i will praise you forever the opportunity to praise the lord is truly a gift it is a gift that is sent directly from the lord's mercy because what i have found is that we are no more worthy to praise the Lord on our best days than we are on our worst days. We're no more worthy to praise the Lord on our worst days than we are on our best days. It's not about us, it is about Him. And when we begin to lift our eyes up to see how good our God is, we begin to see the good things that he is yet working in our lives. The good things that he was yet giving us in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the sadness, in the middle of the trauma. David tells us that he will remove our lament. He will take away our mourning and he will turn it into dancing. But we have to believe that. And so today it is my prayer that you don't allow any thoughts from the enemy to cause you to silence your praise. Speak out to him when you least feel like it. Speak out to him when it's the only thing you want to do. Speak out to him when you don't feel as if you deserve to call on his name. Speak out to him in the middle of your sin. He will meet you there. And what I love is that First Chronicles chapter 22 continues this story. In fact, you can read the entirety of it between 1st Chronicles 22 and 1st Chronicles 28. And 1st Chronicles 22:1 says then, David said, this is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of burnt offering for Israel. As you know, David was not allowed to build The house of the Lord because he had, he was a man of war. He had too much blood on his hands. And so the Lord gave him the covenant to tell him that I will do this and more through your son. Here on Arana's threshing floor, he recognizes that he is standing on holy ground on Arana's threshing floor, he recognizes that even though he will never see the temple, he has the opportunity to see something even greater, to see the Lord's mercy at work, to see the Lord fulfilling his covenant. And so he turns it over to his son Solomon who follows him. But I just believe that there, as he prophesies that this is the house of the Lord well before a house was ever built, that he also saw his savior, the one who would fulfill the covenant. Because even though Solomon followed him, it was Jesus Christ, the son of David, who fulfilled it. And in John chapter 19, verse 30, When Jesus breathes his last and he says it is finished, he means all of it. That pride that originated in our pain is finished in his presence. Everything that attempts to prevent your prayers from touching heaven is finished in his presence because our Lord Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice as he submitted to his father on that cross. That sacrifice has turned our lament into dancing because even when we go through difficult things here on earth, we can remember that this is not the end for us, that there is an eternity with our Lord awaiting us and that it will get better. If you need to know that it will get better, if you want the assurance that it will get better, you can raise your hand, invite him into your heart, right now and know that he will be with you in the middle of the messy prayers, in the middle of the indifference, in the middle of the nonchalance, in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the problems that you have. All you have to do is invite him in. You can repeat after me, dear God, Thank you for saving me from my sins. Thank you for renewing my life in Christ Jesus. I thank you that I am saved, that I am redeemed, that I am a child of God. If you prayed that prayer, we are praising the Lord with you. And it is my prayer that you know, he will be there to protect you always. As we prepare to go into this week, I want to give you one thing to do. When I was here in May, I invited you to pause. It is my hope that you would continue to pause, but instead that you would go one step further and that you would pray. Prayer doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be full of a lot of words. It can simply be the thing that you are feeling most in the middle of that moment. And I have found that one of the things that has helped to clear my heart of all that pride and all of those problems I walked through was learning how to pray for those that I once wanted to be accepted by, respected by, and invited by. Instead of wishing that they would look on me and think, how cool is she? I now pray, God, exceed their expectations. God, move on their behalf. God, do what they're asking you to do. And I tell you, I don't always want to do it, but it does more for me as he purifies my prayers and I learn I'm growing closer to him than it may ever do for them. Pause and pray. Pray for those who have hurt your pride because when we bring it to the Lord, he moves i have to share with you as i prepare to close that as you know i love your church family you are my family and i cannot thank you enough for the prayers that you have shared and all of the encouragement over the past year. Many of you know that it was a season of lament for me for so many different reasons. But today I am excited to announce that he has turned my lament into dancing. And my husband and I are 10 weeks pregnant today. I bless God and I praise him for how he shows up for us, for how he moves in the middle of our prayers, even when we don't feel it. And I want to pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this family. And I bless you, Lord God, that this is a family who knows you, and that we, oh God, know your voice. My God, we thank you that we are intimately known by you and that you hear our prayers. I praise you, Lord God, for the opportunity to learn how to pause and pray in your presence. Strip us of our pride and remind us, oh Jesus, that your presence is all that we need. It is all fulfilling. It is all satisfying. And it is all that we need. My God, you're good. You're worthy. You're holy. And you're righteous. And we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Amen.